Oh, baby, it's Thursday. It's nearly the pre-kend, and I love it. I love the weather right now. It's so rainy. Hold on. Listen to this. Listen, listen. Ah. Raining buckets, as they say. I believe they say that. I think they say that. I think. I think. Wall of rain. I just heard a, somebody on the news saying it's a wall of rain. I am. I'm just so. I'm so beat. But I want to have a quick chat. I'm. I'm completely. I'm just so overwhelmed with work right now. Uh, but I've. You know. I've got some time to do stuff, and I just. I got. I got a. I got a few minutes before a call, and then I've got a break where I'm actually going to be productive and then at night I, I know what I'm gonna I know what's gonna happen is again tonight I'm gonna be productive and there's there's just so much to do and my response to it is to just not do any of it right now <laughs> because I don't even know where to start on that note I want to talk to you because I had as you know back in April I had a doctor's visit a very long doctor's visit that I know she was not planning to talk to me for that long and I think was very annoyed with me at the end. And I'm going back to that doctor tomorrow, Friday, for a follow-up. And I'm going to try very hard to just not say much of anything. Because shit seems to be working pretty nicely. So I'm just going to be like, yep, everything's good. Everything's pretty good. Uh, and she'll probably take my blood pressure and then immediately say, yeah, all right, well, we're going to add another medication to the list here, you fucker. You need the blood pressure meds right now which I used to be on when I was incredibly stressed out. And then I was off of them when I went back to being not that stressed out. And uh, <laughs> and now I'm insanely stressed out. <laughs> but I'm, it's weird. I'm stressed out, but I'm not miserable. And I attribute that largely to the Wellbutrin that I've been on for the last month or so. It it's working, man. This this shit works. Do I want to be medicated? No. I wish I wish I was a person who was just like I had like time in the day and I had just like there are some people, and I used to be one of those people. Like I used to get up and I'd go to my little nine to five job. And I would always make sure that if I could, which was pretty much everywhere, I would say, you know, and they'd be like, yeah, get here, you know, 839 and then you leave it to whatever, 536. And I'd be like, well, can I come in at seven and then leave as early as possible? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I will come in at seven. My my first big boy job, I was seven to 330. And then I like... I didn't take anything home with me in the sense that I didn't think about work when I was home. I didn't care about work when I was home. There weren't projects and all these things just all the time. It was like, here is your work and you will do it until the time has come to leave the office. And then you will put your stuff away and turn off your computer and you will get your keys and you will leave. And I loved it because I would leave at 3.30. And if it was 332, 3.31 – my boss would be like, hey, why are you still here? Time to go home, which I loved. And it wasn't like I was sticking around for the fun of it. I was, you know, sometimes you do have to take, it's, you know, it's, yes, 3.30 is the stop time, but 
once in a while it might be 335 because I've like, oops, I got to send this email real quick right now. It needs to go out today. And then I'll get my shit and head out of here. So sometimes there are, you know, little, little things that you, you got to just, you know, right away get done. Um, and, uh, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, usually at like 325, I was, I was packing it in and cleaning out that inbox long before that. So that at exactly 330, I could, and she was a stickler too. She didn't want you there a minute past 330 or whatever your stop time was. But if you got up at like 325 to head out the door, she'd be like, when I, I remember this too, because we used to that's this was at Key Bank and we I would do seven to three thirty. And then I would do f- then this was in two thousand eight when the economy collapsed. And the big thing then was, you know, God forbid we let people work from home, which is still an issue. <laughs> so they said, Oh, we'll do flex time and you can work four ten hour days. By the way, did you see who the hell was it? Is it in France? I don't know. Somewhere in Europe where they, you know, treat each other better just across all across the board. Um, They are trying out the four day work week. And that does not mean a four day, 40 hour, four 10 hour days, and then you get an extra day off because that doesn't really even out to anything. It's just you're working on the same hours. Now you have four really long days. Or in my case, half days. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, why? Why are we so we're so hung up on this eight-hour thing? And I've had so many bosses who are like, look, I don't care as long as you get the work done. That's not really true. As long as you get the work done, and also if you get the work done before it's time to go, oh well, then you're working very fast. So we'll give you more work to do because there's a lot more work. Oh, yeah, but you said if I got the work done, that's all you cared about. So can I just leave now? No, no, no. You got the work done, and now uh, I've seen how fast you can move, so here's more work for you. <sighs> that is, I mean, truly, that's the reward of hard work. The reward of hard work is more work. And I love, you know, it's a very sweet thing. There are some people who don't understand fully how things work, and they think, like, well, you know, if you work hard and you're going to, sh- you know, the boss will see those things and they'll say, you know, this is the kind of person I want to be uh, sitting in the big chair. No, no, that's the kind of person they don't want in the big chair because then their job is in jeopardy. They, they want you to work really, really hard so they can dump more work on you. So it's less work that they have to do. It's, it's a, it's, it would be nice if we lived in a, you know, that fantasy world where like people are just decent and it's like a real noble kind of like, you've been working real hard and you're going to get a raise and you're going to get a bonus and a promotion and blah, 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 blah. No, you're working really hard and nothing is going to change for you uh, to your benefit, but you will be getting more work because now I know you have free time because, haha, you work too hard. The other assholes who don't, are going to be rewarded with not getting any extra work because they're not dependable and uh, they'll just continue to go about their day doing fucking nothing. <laughs> so I've always been just like so perplexed by the whole 40-hour thing. Um, like it must be – like is there really – are we really – and we're all doing – and by the way, the the whole the whole argument for like – you know, some the old timers who don't know anything are like, well, you can't work from home because everybody's 
people aren't giving it a full effort when they work. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. Are some people taking Of course. But you know what? Those are the same people who go into the office and don't do shit either. You just don't know it because they're in a nice shirt and a tie and you can see them pretending to work instead of their home pretending to work. And now you realize they're not doing anything. When they're in the office and everybody's there, they can kind of hide and they can kind of pretend to work and do just enough. Yeah. And now, now you have time to sit back and say, okay, who's actually producing for me? Oh, yeah, wow. Oh, all these slackers due to the remote work thing. They're not doing anything. Bullshit. That's the same people who weren't doing anything before and they're going to do nothing again. The hard workers are the hard workers are the hard workers. Home, office, wherever you put them. Doesn't matter. They're going to give you the same. And yeah, uh, there's a lot of studies that say like if, you know, a 40-hour work week or a 30-hour work week, you're going to get the same amount of work. And if people are given four eight-hour days, it's very likely that you're going to get the exact same amount from them as you would get with five eight-hour days. Except now they're going to have a three-day, they're going to have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off every week. They're going to be, have more time for themselves. They're going to be more rested. It's not going to be one of those. You can have an extra day off as long as you work those eight hours throughout the other four days. And that's what it was like at KeyBank. But I didn't care. I didn't care. I'd go in at 7. When they started doing flex time, I, had, I would take Monday off. The other guys took Friday. I would rather have Monday because I, I want to get to the end of the weekend and then say, oh, yeah, it's Sunday. But I don't give a shit because I'm not working tomorrow. And it was, oh, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I've talked about this before. It, you know, yeah, I worked from 7 till 5.30, Monday through Thursday, or uh, Tuesday through Thursday, and then Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I was home or doing whatever the hell I want. I would go, Monday, I would go golfing, middle of October, nobody, everybody's working, except me, and like, you know, one or two other people who played hooky or something. You know, maybe some old timers, <laughs> uh, but otherwise you just, you have the whole golf course, you have everything to yourself. It's a Monday. Everybody's in school, everybody's in work and I'm just enjoying life Tuesday through Friday. Yeah. Not as great because now it's like, you know, a big reason that I would go into the office early is so that I could leave early enough to avoid the rush hour traffic and be home by, by four o'clock or so. Um, so that, that was the sucky part. It was like, okay. Well, I'm avoiding the morning rush hour, and now I'm leaving at 5.30 at the peak of rush hour traffic, and it was quite dreadful. But again, I didn't care. I'm like, it's still worth it to, get, to have the Monday off. Um, probably wasn't, you know, in the long run, not all that great. So we would work until 5.30, and everybody else was usually gone by 5. Some, you know, one of my buddies... Uh, uh, who kind of helped and like mentored and took me under his wing. Great guy who I would go golfing with him and his son, just a wonder Steve, a wonderful person. And, uh, he would, he would, he would do the seven to three thirty deal. And then some would do, you know, eight to four, eight thirty to four, nine to five, whatever. And, um, and, uh, yeah. And it's, you know, people, people worked as they, you know, whatever, whatever time's in there, as long as it was eight hours, as long as it was 40 hours at the end of Friday, nobody cared. Um, and I was okay with that. I'm like, this is fine. 
It's fine. I like like my three day weekend. There were a couple of times where the three of us, uh, the three dudes, there were three of us who did the 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 three day weekend flex thing. And there were a couple of times where it was like, all right, we're done with our work, we're done with emails. Nobody's in the office. Everybody's gone. It's five twenty. Let's go home. And we'd leave. And one of the times we came in the next day and our manager said, you know, I called the office at uh, 522 last night and nobody answered. Why is that? Okay, well, we we finished everything and we figured, you know, what's what's 10 minutes? What difference is 10 minutes going to make? Like, why do we care about 10 minutes? We've done everything for the day. There's not, nothing additional is going to happen in those 10 minutes, so let's leave. She said, well, what if, what if you got a phone call from a, you know, from a client? What if my boss called with an emergency? It's like, if your boss is calling at 5.30 with an emergency, why would, she, why would your boss be calling us? I mean, it was all, just all this stuff. It's like... So she literally, and by the way, she wasn't calling to, she had a question. She was calling to make sure we were still there. And uh, that's, that was about the time where I said, all right, I, I can't deal with this childishness. I got I to gotta move on to something else. And very shortly, it was, it was a few months later, three or four months later, I was, I was out of there. Because it was a job that there was nothing to do. Once you finished the work, there was nothing to do. So they'd come up with fake things to justify everybody be and by the way this was a department of like eight people i think and then if it, i think now it's like one person <laughs> i don't even know if it exists anymore it was just like okay what i don't even i still i still it's the only job that i really i can't really even describe what we did i still don't know what our purpose was we would review giant paper statements and you know, basically audit them but not <laughs> Not the whole thing, line by line, like a true auditor, just a couple little pieces. And I'm like, what? Who's auditing the rest of this? And why can't they audit the accruals as well? So we would we would ca- calculate bond accruals, and like it was just, I'm like, do we really need there's we really need this many people doing that? Anyway, and yeah, sure enough, you know there were there were SLAs on on everything. Someone's like, okay, you have to have it the fifteenth of the month or the tenth business day or by the third week, whatever. The third Tuesday after the blood moon. I don't know. So we, we, we'd audit these paper statements and there was a final. We'd send them to there – there was one, one person who did QC of all of our work and some of us needed it more than others. Us people, you know, new guys like us needed a little more scrutiny on our work to make sure it was okay. But it was like she would QC our work and then send it back to us and be like, here's what, you, here's what it needs to be. And it's like – all right, I, I love that you're doing. And she was so oh, she was such a sweet woman, um, Deb. What a what a sweetheart she was. Oh my god, just a, just a great group of people. Anyway, and then when she'd send it back with like basically like it was like if you took a test and the teacher came back and told you, yeah, this test is an F, but here's all the right answers. Change it to those answers, and you'll have an A. And that's basically what it was, which is okay. I mean, that's that is the point of QC is to find find the errors and have them corrected. But uh, it was, there was so many, there was just so much that I would look around and be like, this can't, how is this like remotely efficient? There's so many of us and the work ends pretty much every month by like the 15th of the month, 17th of the month, everything's done. 
and the last like 10 business days, the last like week to two weeks of, of most months is like there's there's nothing. There's nothing to do. There's a whole bunch of people with nothing to do. And so I would, you know, they'd give you a tat, like, you got to go clean the file room. We had physical, you know, we'd finish our statements and then we'd file them away in the file room. And certain people had certain tasks. You have to, you know, clean clean out some of the old files, make sure every, anything that's ready for filing needs to be filed. It was like very, yeah, just very sort of menial sort of uh, administrative kind of stuff. It was perfect for like, hey, I'm going to put on my my uh, earbuds and my podcast, my actual iPod, where I'm going to listen to actual podcasts on a pod. And I'd listen to music, I'd listen to podcasts, and it's just brainless stuff. But if you if you f- weren't busy at any given time, it was like you know, why aren't you do? And on my exit interview, I was told that I didn't volunteer for enough activities. I'm like, what? I'm not. <laughs> You're the boss. If you have activities, you come to me. I'm not like, hey, uh, what else can I do? Like, you've got me. Uh, I mean, honestly, it'd be like, it's John. This this month is going to be John's going to take out the mail, take the outgoing mail. I'm like, okay. Uh, which was, you know, as as menial as I mean, it's just any asshole could just take in the mail, pile of mail, and mailing it, putting it in the mailbox downstairs. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, uh, on your next job, make sure you volunteer for more tasks. I'm like, I'm going to a job that has like, you know, there's, I'm going to be doing the actual work like all the time. There might be a day or two here and there where there's nothing going on, but it's not like this place where there's eight of us twiddling our thumbs for the last, uh, the last week and a half of every month. So you can, you can go volunteer for your stuff. I'm going to go to a place that's like just a normal place but uh i don't know what is the point of all this anyway uh, yeah it was nice to do the it was nice to do the flex time but it was so obnoxious like you you left 10 minutes early i tried to call you fellas and you were all gone by 5 20 what what insubordination like Oh my God. I mean, we just like the whole, just that whole notion of like counting every second. You can't leave. You can't leave until the whistle blows. <laughs> like fucking Fred Flintstone. And uh, it's just, it's nice to see that other places are, tr- are starting with a 32 hour work week. I'm totally down with that. Totally down with that. And I think I think you will see exactly what people are expecting, which is the same output. And I'd almost be willing to say maybe even in some cases more output than a 40-hour work week because now you have three days to truly rest. That eight hours on Friday is not something that they're going to take back from you throughout the rest of the week. And you can truly have a legitimate three days off. It's fantastic. I'm down with that. I'm also, uh, I, you know, I started thinking like, okay, what am I going to do when my contract runs out here? And is it, is it possible it'll get extended? It's very possible. It's also very possible that it won't. And it's very possible that I already have something else lined up, but it's not guaranteed. So as of right now, I will... <laughs> My employment will end on September 30th, and as of this moment, I have nothing else lined up. 
officially. Uh, although, and I can't remember if I posted this or not, I was offered a full-time position at the place that I'm working right now on this contract, which is great. It was nice. On my day off a couple weeks ago on that Thursday, <coughs> uh, yeah, my boss called and said, hey, you know, we got this for you. And I'm like, and it was really meant for somebody else who was, who was leaving today uh, tomorrow. Uh, and they tried to retain this person and they offered a bunch of, you know, this and that and all this, you know, the title and everything. And, and he still said no because he's an idiot. But, uh, and so then they said, all right, you are our first choice behind the other guy we offered this to. <laughs> and frankly, it's like, okay, well, on the one hand, I could say yes. And now I'm, now I have nothing to worry about. When's the next contract? When's the next gig? When's the next thing? I'm just locked into this thing. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, it's a huge reduction in pay <laughs> because contract work does pay more. Uh, and it's it's going back. It's like, okay, but I know I know how this tune is gonna end because I'm you know, and they said, oh, well, it's a, you know, you've got this title and that's a big time. I'm like, I got to tell you at this point in my career, I've had all those, I've had the titles and stuff. It means nothing. I don't care what my title says. My title could say John Hopkins, big fucking douchebag. As long as the paychecks are what I want it to be. I don't care what the title is. I'm not, a, I'm not a titles guy. I'm not a prestige guy. I'm not like, oh, I was climbing the corporate ladder. I don't give a fuck about the corporate ladder. I just want the money. Just pay me. Dear every dear corporate everyone, we don't care about having like wellness seminars. We don't care about like fucking free donut. I don't give a shit about pay me enough that I can buy my own fucking donuts anytime I want. Oh, we've got bagels every Friday. Okay. That's fine. Uh, why is health insurance $1,200 a month? <laughs> can, you take, can you take some of that bagel budget and put it into us not having to fucking pay to stay alive? Um, luckily, it's, it's – well, I don't know. I don't know what health insurance my, – my wife, is, we're on her plan, so I don't, I don't even care. And it's a great plan. I love it. So it's, it's free as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so – there's a little bit of back and forth where I say, I could just say yes, and now I don't have to worry about a job. I could also say no and make <laughs> and make um let's see, and make the same amount of money in like seven or eight months as I would make in the entire year. So in theory, my contract could end in September, and I could have nothing lined up for you know, two, three, four months and be okay. So I have a little, little bit of a war chest of sorts. I don't want, I'd rather not have that happen. I'd rather not live off savings. I'd rather just keep the, keep the money coming in. You know, if it's a week or two without it, it's fine. But uh, anyway, it's, it's a good, it's a good place to be in, but it's like, ugh, it's, <laughs> and I said, listen, can I just accept this offer and you don't make me full time until my contract is up, so that I can get the rest of the, it's a lot of money. That's gonna be not, uh, 
you know, not going into my bank account if I say yes. But if you think of it in terms of a long term, it's it's a consistent source of money <laughs> beyond September 30th. And I don't know, man. Uh, the whole the whole thing could just like crumble to pieces between now and September, which doesn't mean like you know it doesn't matter if you're full time or whatever your 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 job's never safe. There's no like there's no thing like you know unless you have like a real co- you know like a sports contract or a movie contract or something that's like really you signed it it's legally binding all that stuff and then you know and then they'd have to pay out a certain amount of guaranteed money, you know, that kind of thing. If I'm like a pro athlete, yeah, okay. And you're still guaranteed to make, you know, $50 million no matter what happens, that kind of thing. But that's not how, that's not this kind of, that's not the same kind of contract. It's not the same deal. And being salaried and being all that, it doesn't, you know, these idiots that I talked about with the mortgage stuff, like, well, you haven't been a, you haven't been a such and such, uh, for two years, an independent contractor. So we don't think it's it's too much of a risk. To which I say, you're a fucking idiot. Um, you're a fucking idiot. And uh, uh, you, how stupid are you? How stupid are you? Um, because I'm actually, I'm I'm actually uh, you know safer in this than I've been with anything else. I could. Be, me being on a W-2, I could be laid off just as easily as I could on a, on a contract or on anything. But, you know, yeah, I get it. You, you're you not interested in that. You just want to fucking be idiots. Anyway, that's okay. Um, so so there's, there's that. But, that, you know, ultimately, I think what's – I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen. It's taken me two weeks to not really give an answer. Uh, because I keep hoping that somebody will come back to me and say, ah, you know what? Yeah, we, it's kind of a low ball offer here. We'll give you, well, that's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, there's, there's some worry that like, yeah, what if, what if everything goes to shit between now, <laughs> between now and the end of September, there's like nothing happened. I mean, the last year has just been like, oh my God, there's just so many jobs you know, I, I, despite what like some people say, yeah, gas is very expensive. Travel is very expensive. That that's because we didn't do it for two years. Of course, all that shit's gonna be expensive. Um, but you know what's you know what's out there? A lot of jobs, a ton of jobs, and they're paying. I don't actually believe that anything is really going to change that significantly between now and September. But I also, I lived through 2008 and I know how quickly that that does change. And the pandemic, nobody was hiring in 2020. Nobody. A couple things here and there, obviously, if they need it, but like, no. Not a good year to be, <laughs> to be searching for. By the end of the year, considerably better because we had a little more stability. It was like, okay. Vaccines are starting to roll out, all that stuff. But uh, you know, I, I've lived through enough of these times where it's like, oh my gosh, if I'm I'm, I'm very lucky, I was employed during these really bad times because otherwise, uh, would have been bad. Um, so, so yeah, there there's that risk. But then I also say, well, geez, uh, if if everything's gonna, if the economy just completely goes south between now and the end of September, at least at least. 
you know, I'd probably if I was, you know, I'll I'll consider the fact that you know maybe I maybe I was going to lose my job anyways. So I might as well stockpile as much cash as I can between now and then. And let's face it, I've uh, I think three weeks was the longest I've been unemployed, um, like <laughs> since I don't know, like twenty years. And that was only because I was waiting for the next job to start that I had already accepted. And they just, you know, the background checks last year just took forever because of the pandemic and whatever. Um, So I'm not super concerned. I think I'm just going to stay with this contract, make a bunch of money for the rest of the summer. I still have four more months worth of paychecks, good paychecks, nice paychecks. And the other thing is, we're getting into a time where this project's only going to ramp up. It's only going to be more hours spent working. So if I suddenly I move to a salaried position, guess what? That's my paycheck every week. On a contract, I'm making as much money as I have <laughs> as I have earned through the hours worked. So it's a, it's you know kind of a no brainer in that sense. But anyways, I wanted to talk very quickly uh, as I'm jumping all over the place because I think you've heard me say a few times on this podcast, I can't tell you for certain because I'm not a doctor, but I know myself pretty well and I'm pretty sure I've got not just ADHD, but I think I have a considerable amount of ADHD undiagnosed for a very, very long time. Well, guess what, everybody? Guess what? Uh, I believe the scientific term for what I have is uh, super mega mondo ADHD. Uh, I think that's what the I think that's the medical term mondo ADHD. I have fucking ADHD. I I've always been somewhat of an overachiever. I I play the you know I I play the fuck off sometimes and all that. But I you know look I I work very hard. <laughs> For since forever, <laughs> you know, how many times have I told you? About, I sound like an old guy. I delivered papers every day, rain, sleet, and snow, five in the morning every day. Well, that's true, it was seven days a week, and still had time for sports and school and friends and social and video games and wrestling events and like everything. And I still don't know how. When I look back and I think, how the fuck did I? I guess being young and having more energy, perhaps. But uh, it's it's always I've always been an overachiever, and <laughs> being diagnosed with depression and anxiety is no exception to that rule. Because I I you know, and I love by the way, I love my chart. I love that I can just go on the app and see the results of my doctor's visits, see the next appointment, pay my bill, pay my, you know, $20 copay, whatever. Look at my medications, click on a button to refill the prescription. It's just, uh, it's so, there's a lot of shitty things happening right now, but living in the future is, in a lot of ways, it's fucking, it's awesome. Technology is like, mm, chef's kiss, baby. Chef's kiss, baby. Uh, so, 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 so what? So back in April, I went to the doctor, talked her ear off, ended up with some depression medication because it was like a no brainer slam dunk, like (laughs) moderately severe to severe depression, not severe, severe, because I don't, uh, there are certain, you know, there are people who are, you know, depressed and they do very bad things to harm 
themselves or in unfortunately a lot of cases uh, no longer be alive. And that is not me. I'm not like cutting myself. I'm not, you know, any of that shit. But it's, <coughs> you know, I, I don't mind that. I, I probably already said this. I don't know. But I said to the doctor, I'm like, well, you, you know, do you have suicidal thoughts? Well, I mean, yeah, but not, there's an asterisk there. And I said, you know how when you're in traffic and somebody cuts you off and you're really annoyed and you just might fantasize that they drive off a bridge and their car explodes? And the doctor's like, no. (laughs) I'm like, well, okay. I'm pretty sure most people think that. I know I sure do. And I think you're fucking lying to me when you say you don't know. But anyway. You know how you you know how you want something bad to happen to somebody who does something shitty to you, but you don't actually want that to happen because you're not you're not actually gonna like try and push their car off a bridge with them in it. You're not actually gonna like sit there and laugh if they if that did happen and their car exploded. Uh, and I said it's the same thing, you know. I picture myself like you know leaping off a building and going splat on the ground. Or, you know, if I picture myself, you know, putting a gun in my mouth and my brain splattering against the wall, <laughs> that's terrible, splattering against the wall, there's nothing beyond that. I said, so it's the same thing. And, I, you know, I got worried because I thought like, yeah, what if I, I feel like even just mentioning something like that is going to have me, you know, tied in a straitjacket and thrown in a padded room. So I was a little scared to even just say that, but I also, in always wanting to be f- you know, have full disclosure and full honesty. I'm like, you have suicidal thoughts. Yes. I frequently, <laughs> I frequently, I'm laughing. I frequently picture myself, you know, jumping off a, you know, the Empire State Building and going splat on, uh, <laughs> going splat on Fifth Avenue. Uh, or maybe 34th. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know which side I would choose, but anyway, uh, I picture myself going splat or I picture, uh, yeah, I picture just like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my brain's exploding against the wall. Different from I'm going to make this, and I said at no point have I ever actually thought I'm going to, I think a lot of people, you know, you think things, everybody thinks things and sometimes we, 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 we have all thought really, really horrible, dark, shitty things. I, I can't imagine, I think if anybody says anything to the contrary, they're full of shit. And they don't want to admit to themselves, we do all think horrible things. Things that you say like, oh, why is my mind thinking that? Um, and those, those are some of the horrible things. But it's never been anything beyond that where I get up and say, I think I'll drive to Manhattan and uh, see if I can get up on that Empire State Building. No, never. I've been up on that Empire State Building several times. And every time I'm up there, I just think, oh, my God. Oh, I hope I don't fall from this building. I just, I love it up here. What a great view. This is awesome. And I also can't wait to be down on the ground where I cannot fall uh, <laughs> hundreds of feet to my death. Um, so that's, that's that. So it's like, it's moderate. It's like moderate, severe. Severe, severe is like, yeah, I, <laughs> I, thing I, I harm myself frequently and I'm fairly certain I'm going to end it all that's when you're like okay this is really I'm not there I've never been there I'm very thankful that despite 
a good deal of, uh, of depression and sadness and whatever else, stress and anxiety. It's all tied together, by the way, obviously, ADHD. It's all tied together. Despite many years of all of that stuff, it's never, ever been to a point where it's even like remotely come close to, I'm going to actually do the thing that I thought about. Never, never. Um, and that's why when people, when people are like, oh, you know, people who commit suicide, they're such cowards. Really? Do you know what it's like to do that? Have you been there? Because I haven't. I actually haven't. And I can't imagine it. I literally cannot imagine getting to that point where you say, I'm done with all of this. And you make sure that you are done with all. I can't even imagine that. As low as I've been, I've never been to that point of low lowness and despair and hopelessness that I say, yeah, it's time to check out. Uh-uh, never. I fucking, I'm too spiteful to do that, first of all, because then I would be mad that there's so many fucking dumb pieces of shit sticking around and that ain't my style i'm very competitive and i need to outlast everybody (laughs) unfortunately i need to lose a good amount of weight so that i can outlast people but i'm gonna fucking bury all of you that's the deal and no amount of like sadness and despair and hopelessness has ever changed that you know are, are there lots of times where i sit and i think like i'm I'm useless. I serve no purpose. I suck. Yeah, pretty regularly. <laughs> That's when you see somebody, when you see somebody who's like, you know, always kind of angry at everyone. They're angry at themselves. It's, it's like you don't have to be fucking Freud. Yeah, I hate everyone because I hate myself to a solid degree. Not a real big surprise twist, not a plot twist, I don't think. If you're following along in any way, you know, or, or were born prior to like a week ago, I don't think that's a pl- – I think that's kind of applies to anyone. You see somebody who's – my fifth grader has – oh, my God, this one kid is such a fucking prick. She spreads rumors about everybody, even friends. She's just so – and I just say, like, she's so – she does so many terrible things, and she says so many terrible things, and she's so terrible to so many people. I said, do you know why? And my kid's not stupid, and she's like, yeah, I think she just doesn't like herself. I said, bingo. She fucking hates herself. She hates herself. She's very sad. She's very upset. She is somebody who will be – or well, hopefully should be medicated at some point because she's had, I know a little bit about it. She's had some serious traumatic things happen in her life. It doesn't excuse being a terrible person, but it certainly helps put the puzzle pieces in place. Right. Um, but she's fucking, I mean, she's just, that's the difference. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm secretly just like jealous of everybody. Anyone who has even a little something that I don't have, it's one. It's like something I'm trying. I've always been trying to work on, where I just like I don't want anybody to have anything unless I do. <laughs> but it's also at the same time I'm very happy. I, I at the same time I'm also very happy for the people that I love to have success because I know them and I know that they've earned it, right? Um, and that's all. Uh, 
But yeah, it's like, okay. And why, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a funny person uh, in elementary school. I became, I started to become funny towards the end and maybe in like sixth grade and stuff. And this sort of sense of humor thing started to develop. And then I almost sort of built this persona because I was so terrifyingly shy of like everything. And I still am. Um, But I also, I'm incredibly shy. But I also can walk into a situation and be very deceivingly social and outgoing and all that stuff. And that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of people. Because you say, Jesus Christ, this is like a sink or swim thing. I either, I either got to figure some shit out or I'm just going to be fucking, you know, I'm going to sink to the bottom of the ocean, so to speak. So, uh, so somewhere in, in middle school, that's what happened is I just, I'm like, I got to, you know, I got to sort of, I got to do something. And I came out of my shell and I became more outgoing and more of a smart ass and all that stuff, goof around and everything. Uh, it coincided with, you know, really developing like major friendships with two people in particular who are still and will always be lifelong friends. Uh, that's Nate and Joe. Um, because up until that point, my best friend didn't go to my school, which sucked because there were so many times that I was just like, why the fuck? Can I just have like I had good fr- I had friends, and I'd go you know I'd go to all the sleepovers and all the birthday parties, the pizza parties and the movies and all the shit. Everybody, all the birthday part, all the time, all these pe- people that I didn't even really. I'm like I don't I can't believe I'm invited to this. This is like weird, but okay, yeah, hey, it's a chance. Oh, we're gonna go roller skating. I'm down with the. I couldn't fucking wait. I couldn't wait to have you know go to parties and have people sleep over and all that stuff. But really. Throughout elementary school, my best friend, Double J, he didn't go to my school. So that was that was kind of like, eh. But then, and, and the friends that I had were, were good friends. They weren't the lifelong friendships. They were elementary school, like, my brain isn't developed yet. We're just friends because, oh, you like the same toys that I do. And you have a Nintendo. Well, that's nice because I don't. Let's be friends. <laughs> so, uh so then as it went along, I found Shimo, I found Nate, and I you know, very quickly realized, oh, these are my people. These are my guys right here. And they have been since then, and they always will be. And, uh, and that was a, that's a big thing. Like the social thing is big. And that's why, look, a lot of people, people are waiting they're on waiting lists for like months and months and months to even see a therapist, let alone get diagnosed, let alone get medication. It's like, I'm very lucky that I've been able to see the people that I need to see. And the reason that these lines are backed up, you know, a million miles long is because what have we been doing the last two years? We've been in isolation. I'm still social. I still have a job this whole time. People that I talk to, um, but it's yeah, it's different. It's different when you're not seeing them, you know, in person and all that stuff. It's a, it's different. So then the stuff that's been there really bubbles up to the surface, and that's what's happened over the last two years. And that's a big thing, you know, being less shy, finding my finding the you know 
<laughs> menage a trois, as we call ourselves. And then, of course, during high school, somewhere pretty early on in high school was, was Shawnee. Joined that group, and we became the Four Horsemen. <laughs> we have 50,000 names. It's like there's various different combinations where it's like, okay, so this group together is like the classy guys. This group's the Four Horsemen. When it's just uh, these two, it's like the originators. Uh, like when, it's, when it's Double J and myself, that's the originators because we were friends since birth. And then it's like when it's all five of us, it's the five classy guys. And when it's Nate and Joe and John, it's menage a trois. <laughs> and when it's Sean, Nate, Joe, and John, it's the four horsemen. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was just, it was like, okay. And then I didn't, I just didn't care as much. Not to say that I didn't care. I wasn't, not didn't care, wasn't bothered by the things that, previously bothered me like you know in elementary school probably didn't help that I had a parent who was also a teacher in my school uh and my, the whole time I just thought like oh I can't I can't even slightly get out of line because that'll get back to my my mother and she's only just down the hall and uh, and that'll that'll be bad for me I remember in kindergarten we had a fire drill I didn't know what the fuck you're supposed to do in a fire drill. We're all lined up outside, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's my mom. And I'm like, mom, mom, hey, mom, mom, like Stewie, <laughs> mama, mama. Uh, and and she's, like, completely, <laughs> she's, like, completely ignoring me. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, mom. And then uh, my teacher, Mrs. Hancock, you know, she was like, she was like you can't talk during a fire drill. I'm like, I don't fucking know that. I'm a kindergartner, you fucking bitch. Why don't you fucking tell me and I'll be fucking quiet? Given the fact that everybody else was quiet, they probably did tell me. And because I have ADHD and didn't know, I probably wasn't listening. It's a great, but that's a great thing too. I can just blame it everything. I didn't know you were supposed to be quiet in the fire drill, but you know what? ADHD. <laughs> Can't blame me. That's the slogan, baby. ADHD can't blame me. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so like throughout, and I was, I was always the one. I was like never in trouble. And in third grade, the teacher had all the boys come sit on the carpet so she could just yell at them, except for two dudes. And all of the girls and two dudes did not have to be a part of this. And I was one of the two dudes. And I was like. Okay, I mean it's nice that I'm not in trouble, but Jesus Christ, like I don't I don't know that I I don't know that I love this whole like good behavior thing cuz these these guys are getting yelled at and A, they don't seem to care and B, they seem to be having a lot more fun than I am. And so eventually, you know, as I got to pretty much about 5th grade and then 6th grade and middle school, I mean the middle school and high school was like, yeah, I'm going to be a I'm going to just have fun. And when you have people to do that with, then yeah, it's like you're unstoppable, invincible. So during this, so I had the therapy session yesterday, which was supposed to originally be in August. And I was very pissed about that because I'm like, I need, I think I need, I need this medication like now because it's, it's getting real bad. <laughs> I am very, very much struggling at this point with the combination of burnout and just like, I, I, 
it's it's hard to find the energy to do stuff and certainly paying attention and listening and being so attentive to every little detail uh yeah it's just it's not getting any easier and then they they had a cancellation in july i'm like great it bumps me up a month let's do it and then they called me on tuesday tuesday and said hey we have a cancellation tomorrow can you make it and I said, you bet your fucking ass. I'm not even going to check my calendar. I'm there. I don't give a shit what's going on. I'm there. And so I had an hour-long meeting with Dr. Tawa, Jennifer Tawa, who is marvelous. She is spectacular. She is smart. She is easy to talk to. We hit it off. At least I did. Maybe she's full of shit. But I just felt so comfortable instantly with her. And I gave her my life story that she didn't ask for, just like I'm doing now. And I told her all the things about, oh, in elementary school, oh, the kids were done. And I was still sitting at my desk for hours and I couldn't finish my work. I couldn't concentrate because I wasn't interested and therefore I couldn't do it because I don't want to do any fucking thing that doesn't interest me. Which is why I'm not doing work right now. I'm doing a podcast because that's what interests me. This is what I like to do. And I've spent a fair amount of years doing what I don't like to do. So we, we, you know, we went through this and my parents with that and they, this medication, this, da, 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 here's the whole thing. And then she was just like, <laughs> you know, she was keeping, you know, scoring, it's a little scoring metric thing. Uh, and she's, you know, she's marking down my little answers. You know, one of those never, sometimes, always, every, you know, whatever. Uh, one of those kind of things. Do I feel blah, 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 none of the time, some of the time, most of the time, all of the time. And most things was somewhere between most of the time and all of the time. And, uh, and then I got to the point where she was, she was just telling me about myself <laughs> because she's been through this so many times and the personalities that, uh, you know, that I fit into, uh, the personality types that I was, you know, that my boxes were checking off is such that she could just say, so I'm guessing you've had this. I'm guessing you've probably been in debt at some point. And I started laughing. I said, well, only if you count the last 20 years. (laughs) And I'm finally like, I'm finally crawling out of it. 20 goddamn years. Which, you know, when you've got that going on, that's not going to make you very happy either. You know, so if you're like, if you're not depressed and suddenly it's like, oh my God, how did this happen? I owe all this money. Oh, it's because I actually was depressed and I was using things to replace feelings and it didn't work. And then I kept doing it over and over again. And, uh, and now I have just all this money that I owe. And luckily I don't anymore, which is great. Uh, but... And she was just like, she's like, so you're, uh, you've got sibling, you're an oldest sibling, right? And I'm like, yes. She's like, yeah, that, that was pretty obvious. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she was just saying that she's like rattling off things. And I'm like, yes, yes, that applies. <laughs> she's like, you're probably very fidgety. Do you, do you rock back and forth in your chair, your legs and stuff? I'm like, no, all the time, all the time, all the live long day. My legs, my legs have been bouncing up and down since like 1986, lady. So yes, and 
oh, what is this beeping? Okay. Um, so she got to the point where she stopped asking me and she was just telling me. It was like a fun game. I was like, oh my God, yeah, how'd you know? Yeah, because you're fucking off the charts ADHD, dude. Congratulations on being 42 years old and and finally doing something about it. Oh, my God. Uh, So we got to the end and she's, you know, the little scoring thing that she was using. And there were a couple different things. It was basically like, yeah, she's like, so anyone with a score above 30 something on this thing uh, that I'm scoring you with is ADHD. I said, okay. She said, your score is 62. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just saying it again is like, oh, my God. And I said, okay. Like I said, I do tend to strive to be the best. So if I'm going to have a fucking inability to pay attention and focus and concentrate and, like, get stuff done in a timely manner like most people – I'm going to do it better than everybody else. I'm going to not concentrate better than you. I'm going to not finish things long after even the slowest person in the group has finished things. I will be the last motherfucker handing in that test at the end of the exam. I will be the last one to finish the assignment. I will be up all night. I will save everything to the last minute and I will spend weeks agonizing over it instead of actually just doing it. And I'm going to do it more than all of you. And I'm going to go into debt and you have no fucking idea how good I'm going to be at that. Wait till you see the fucking bills I'm going to rack up just because I'm so unhappy and so unfulfilled in some way. Wait till you see how many emotions, how many emotional voids I try to fill with stuff. You're, you're never going to see anything like this. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm the best in the biz, baby. <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, long, long story longer, I had a great visit with this doctor she was fantastic and she said (laughs) she's she's after i kind of you know went on and on and on she stopped and she said okay she said you are she's like you have very high intelligence you're highly intelligent i said oh i i really like her i said go on and then she basically said and you're a fucking mess (laughs) she didn't say those words but it's like you're highly intelligent, but you got shit all over the fucking place. And I guess ADHD is one of those things that's like, yeah, it's mostly, not always, but that's a thing that is going to be found in intelligent people. And I'm not one of, you know, sometimes I do wonder, you know, when I, when I look at people and I'm like, that's a stupid person. And then I think, but are there a lot of people looking at me? Because that stupid person is still stupid, but they're smarter than somebody. And there's somebody that that stupid person thinks is a stupid person. They're both stupid, but one is stupider. And they just might not fully know it. The stupidest one doesn't know how stupid they are, probably. And I'm always pretty well aware of how smart and stupid I can be. Um, I'm well aware of the fact that nothing sinks into my brain. 
unless I want it to. And that's why I can you, – you want to ask me about anything in professional wrestling from like 1992 to like 1997, I'm your guy because I fucking ate and drank that shit. And uh, But you want to ask me about anything that I learned in school during those years? No, no, no not going to happen. Even at that time, it's not going to happen. I could study cram, and it's literally what it is. You're cramming as much information into your brain and holding it there like with a Band-Aid. You can feel like the leaks are happening and you're just like plugging holes like, don't forget. No, 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 no. Take the test first, then forget. And that's what I would do. I would go take the test in high school, in college, in grad school, whatever. I would go in, study my fucking ass off, make those little flip cards, be up all night, come up with like mnemonic devices because it just was so hard to remember any of it, to just have it sink in to where I just like, I just know. And not because I didn't understand it, but because that's just not, my brain is just not doing it. And then once I do know something, I know it quite well and I can do, you know, do quite well at certain things. So I'd study, 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 go in, I'd have the test, I'd leave the exam and immediately gone. Everything, every bit of information, a couple things might stick in the old noggin, but mostly no, it's gone, done. And I hear people who can, who can recount things with such detail as though there was a video of it happening from Al Michaels telling stories about Howard Cosell and like word for word giving a re it's like, Oh my God, that's, I couldn't do that. If I tried, couldn't do it if I tried. So uh, yes, Mr. Watch, you had something to, okay. Uh, anyway, so, so what? So, yeah, <laughs> this is why I need this shit, this fucking medication. Um, yeah, so that's, that's how it's always been. Uh, yeah, just, a, just, it's just so fucking difficult, but I've always been aware, like, I'm not stupid. That's, <laughs> there's honestly never, I sound cocky, but there's, I've never had any real doubts about like, I'm not, I'm not a stupid person. I'm not this. I know I'm not the smartest person. You know, I had a solid a minus to mid a's kind of average throughout my grade school career. And then in college, you know, I picked up some study habits that were really good. And I basically stopped having a social life so that I could get a 3.7 in my undergrad and I could get a 3.8 in business school on subject matter that, Two years prior, I didn't even know existed. And now here I am of like cost accounting and managerial finance and all this stuff, which by the way, hmm, ask me about it now, not a fucking chance, not a fucking chance. Uh, but I, you know, had enough ability to, to retain information and research skills and analytical skills and things like that, that are, that are very helpful for those kind of things. And that's how I, you know, I get good grades because I'm not a moron. And yeah, I, it's hard for me to focus and concentrate. I have to write everything down. Otherwise, I'm not going to know anything. Uh, but, you know, you figure that shit out and you figure out all the little cheat codes, <laughs> the cheat codes that you type into your brain to get it to work the way that you need it to. And so that's, that's how it is. 
and you don't realize, you know, and for 20 years I've been beating myself up like, Jesus Christ, man, you can't fucking, you can't just like not spend money. Can't you just like not buy shit and just enjoy the shit that you have and then just like leave your money, just leave it? And the answer is no, I can't. (laughs) Now I'm starting to. But also now I'm making money that's like it's it's easy to spend a good amount of it and still have a bunch left over, which I've which I've not known throughout my life because every penny that I've made has gone into like, oh, all right, the minimum balance, the minimum payment due on these like uh, 18 credit cards. And I'm not exaggerating um, tw- more than 20, actually. Uh, yeah. Twenty two. I don't know. Oh, fuck. Is it all right? Oh, fuck. Anyway, Jesus Christ. Oh, and that's the other thing. She said, do you, uh, do you talk a lot and not realize that a lot of time has passed and you've been talking? And I'm like, well, tell me this, Doc. How much time has passed since I sat down and the first words came out of my mouth? Oh, about an hour? Yeah, see, I thought we've been here for like 10 minutes. Just like I thought I've been doing this podcast for like 15 minutes and we're now an hour into it. That's, you know, part of it too. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I'm just thinking like what kind of fucking idiot, like how, you know, I'm not mature enough to have like, I, I can't even like have a credit card. I can't be trusted. Like I can't do, I I just can't because I'm like, I'm just a fucking, I'm a fuck up. And then you realize like that. And I only realized this, I only figured this out in the last like month that that's part of ADHD is having like you know, having debt. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but, but hear me out, doc. The, uh, the big, much of the reason why I'm in such, or was in such heavy credit card debt is because of my student loans, which I just took out a ton of those back in the day too, because I, I stopped working because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't take on this new business school thing that I knew nothing about and work, you know, 32 hours or more, which I was doing in the first semester. And I, you know, I've never been, you know, up until now, I don't recall a time that I was more miserable or stressed out than uh, the period between <laughs> between Labor Day and Christmas of 2004. Uh, 2004, just, uh, that's a, Here's just, what I found. no, shut the fuck up. I'm not asking you. 2004, just a bad, bad year. Not a fan of that year in any way. All right, I got to wrap this up. So, um, so yeah, she was just like, she's like, so do you, uh, you, you probably talk a lot and you probably go on for a while and you don't realize that like a lot of time has passed. And I said, yeah, most of the time. And, uh, do you interrupt people? Like, mm, I try not to, uh, but I, I think I, I think I do sometimes. I think I might do it like sometimes. And uh, you're bad with money? Like, well, <laughs> I'm good at making it. <laughs> so there's that. There's some people who are bad at money and they don't have any. So like, hey, which I've been there too. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, there are. Are there people who manage their money better than me? Yes. Answer is yes. Final answer, yes. Uh, circle gets the square. I don't know. So, (laughs) 
And by the way, that's why I love this podcast because I can just talk and talk and talk. And yes, you can just turn it off, which at this point you've probably done. Um, but hopefully you're listening because this is like, you know, this is like super personal stuff. I was listening to old podcasts. I'm like, God damn, it's like a different, it's like a different universe. You know, and I'm doing OJ and I'm doing all the like silly shit. And there'll be, that'll, that'll, that'll be there. That's still there. But I'm, you know, it's just like, oh my God, this isn't, this is not how this started. How it started versus how it's going. Um. So anyways, so at the end of the whole thing, she's like, yeah, you're a fucking off the charts ADHD. Uh, <laughs> sounds like you have been the whole time. Yeah, I think so. It used to be when I was in elementary school, the teacher would be like, he's just a, you know, he's just a sponge. He doesn't, he doesn't talk much, very, very shy, but I know that he's listening intently and he's absorbing everything. And I'm like, uh, no, that is incorrect. Now, in some ways that's correct because I'm more interested in how somebody presents information, how somebody behaves in certain situations, what people do when they interact with each other. Um, that is fascinating to me and that I can pick up on and that I can, I can retain very easily because that's, that's, like, that's like qualitative like personality type stuff. Uh, quantitative you know, retaining facts and data and information and being able to recite it in any way, shape, or form, uh, not so much. Quantitative in the sense of like, now, now that's the other thing though, math, and I'm not the greatest math guy who ever lived, but, and that's why I'm so happy when I sit down with an Excel spreadsheet because I don't need to learn stuff. I don't need, I just need to, it's problem solving. There's nothing to memorize. It's not, it's not so much learning as it is doing. Now you have to know something about Excel and Excel is not like riding a bike. So you're, it's ADHD or not. If you're not using Excel like every day, all the time, you're going to forget all of it. And for me, I'm definitely going to forget all of it because that's what I do with everything. Uh, but thank goodness there's YouTube and Google and everything else. So when I do forget certain things, I look it up and then I say, oh yeah, that's right. Or I experiment with the formulas and, and, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, now I got it. Now I remember. And then I just go to town. Um, what, 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 what was I saying? Yeah. So like the quantitative and that like numeric quantitative stuff is like, yeah, Cause it's, it's just a little bit, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a different part of the brain. Quantitative in the sense of like <laughs> retaining quantities of data and information and facts. Yeah, no, that's, that's, it's not happening. And if I do try to, I will, I will cross them all and confuse them all together and just spit something out that is like some weird, like Frankenstein piece of information that makes no sense at all. And then I'll sit there and I'll be like, um, 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 as I'm trying to like look something up that I wrote down because I don't know the information because I don't have that ability. So we got to the end of the thing and she said, okay, you're like, you know, you're Mondo, <laughs> Mondo ADHD. That's what I'm going to call it. Mondo. A I should note to self title this podcast Mondo ADHD. Uh, 
I do want to talk to you about Paul McCartney, the concert. This is not the place I'm going to do it. Uh, I can't. Wow, I can't wait to fucking t- when the new computer arrives. I'm hopeful that I can just take. You know, I, I took a ton of videos. Some of the music, yes, because it was incredible, obviously. Uh, but just the you know the talking between the songs, the stories that he told. Uh, it's on uh, nothing. I, I, I'm going to save it because I'm I'm not going to play the music because I you know I don't have the permission to do that. But I would like to be able to play you some of the clips of some of the things that he said. You know, just talking about like John and Paul, and um, they've been talking about Ringo so much, but but John and Paul definitely. Uh, anyways. Fenway, Paul McCartney, oh my God, what an experience. What a fucking, we'll talk about that at another time. But uh, anyway, yeah, so so she said, yeah, you got Mondo, you got the Mondo ADHD. You're fucking, and I told her, you know, my mom was like, I'm surprised you had the H. I said, well, the H for hyperactivity doesn't mean that I'm like one of those, you know, like spazzy kids who's like bouncing off the wall and swinging from the chandelier and he's got, you know, like just trash in the place. It's not, it's not that it's not that like, Oh, I'm wild out of control, crazy. And I'm driving everybody. No, it's hyperactivity in the sense that like, I can't sit still and my legs start going and I can't focus and I can't concentrate and I'm, I'm impatient. I can't sit at a traffic light. That was another, she's like, She's like, how do you do uh, waiting, waiting your turn for things? I'm like, I don't, I don't do. If I'm at a traffic light, even for a second, I flip the fuck out. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the hyper in the ADHD. I don't think there's really ADD anymore. I think it's just all ADHD. Because uh, I think once they kind of solidified that definition of the H, it's like, yeah, that, that's pretty much everybody who has it. So... Okay, you got the Mondo ADHD. I'm going to put you on a very low dosage of Adderall, and you're going to take it twice daily. I said, okay. Um, she's like, how does that sound? I said, I'm down. I'm down, baby. Give me that Adderall. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to do, but right now I need fucking something because <laughs> this is really kind of not working for me. I need to be able to focus. And... uh so we'll see. So today is day one, uh, and I'm I have had the I've had the first. Pill. Oh no, I have not had the first pill. I had my I had my other I had my Wellbutrin uh, at nine o'clock when I normally take it, and I, uh, you know, I, I have to have food I think to take this Adderall thing, which I have not yet had, but I'm about to, and I'm going to take it, and uh, and you'll hear all about it. So. Oh yeah, she said you know yeah. I mean, she's like you don't sleep well at night, and I'm like yeah, that's correct. She's like yeah, you get to bed probably after midnight most times. You might try to go to bed early, but you, it's probably closer to midnight, and then you get up early and you don't get enough sleep. And the sleep that you do get is very much interrupted and blah blah. Yes, and she's like okay, and it says here you're taking the sleep apnea test in a few weeks, the home sleep study. Yep, okay, that's good. You're doing all the right things. Yeah. So I'm glad I got that pill box because it just keeps filling up with more pills. And the thing that I was the thing that I was always worried about medication was like, because I'm you know I am stupid in some way. I was like, I don't want it to change me. I don't want it to change who I am. Like, no, it doesn't. And for the Wellbutrin, for that's for the anxiety and depression. 
as has been said to me, it takes the edge off, and that's exactly what it does. Do I still feel like nervous and anxious like 24-7? Yep. <laughs> I sure do. Uh, is it as is it like a crippling, debilitating? Nope. I can deal with it mostly. Um, and for the ADHD, she best described it, and she said, "You have a lot of noise, radio noise, chatter. It's like a bunch of different stations playing." She's like, "You, your thoughts, many many thoughts at all times, and that just makes it." noisy and cluttered and there's things happening all the time and it's hard to just turn down that volume and she said this Adderall should turn down the volume so you're not hearing all that noise and now you can concentrate because you have some quiet and I said motherfucker (laughs) you just described you described it perfectly I couldn't describe, I couldn't, could never like tangibly sort of, you know, I couldn't articulate it. And you just said, yeah, that's it. That's like if I turned on, you know, like a dozen radios and they're all playing and I can't, I hear little bits and pieces of of a song or somebody saying something, but it's, it's just a lot happening at once and it's very overwhelming and it's very cluttered and, and that's what it's like inside the old noodle. And so hopefully this will change that. And then also this would hopefully get to a point where I don't need the Wellbutrin because, yeah, for most people with ADHD, by extension, they are also depressed and high anxiety. And, and, and Dr. Tawa said, yeah, you don't see a lot of people with ADHD who don't have depression. I'm like, yeah, I would imagine that. Like if I came in here and said, you know what, doctor, I think I have ADHD, but I got to tell you, it's, it's working wonders for my life. I'm, it's just got me so like... I, I I owe all my successes to ADHD, so I don't really want to, you know, tackle that right now. Yeah, no, that that's, that's not happening. <coughs> Fuck! So anyways, oh, so that's me telling you that I, this is day one of Adderall. We will see how it goes, and hopefully it, it, hopefully it goeth well, you know, so, so we'll see about that. And uh, that's, I wanted to tell you all these things. Because why not? I think, I think if you're listening to this, I, I, I think I know you, a lot of you. And I see the little map, the little heat map, and there's like all over the world, there's like people downloading this. And so I don't know all of you. But, you know, I want you to know me. If I don't know you, you should know me. And this is me. And, uh, you know, highly intelligent, big fucking mess. <laughs> Mondo ADHD. All right, gang, I do absolutely have to run. Holy shit, I've taken up an hour and 14 minutes. Oh, my God. But all good things all needed to be said. There's so much more to talk about. But this is it for now. And uh, I encourage you to go to birthdayboyshop.com. I hope you feel uh, extra sympathy for me, my ADHD, (laughs) my crippling ADHD that I have have lived with my whole life. And as such... uh, I've had I've had very many debts and now you need to go to birthday boy shop and <laughs> and give me money. Buy shit. Uh anyways. All right, I got to go. Thanks for listening. If you'll stay through the whole thing, man, this is a real personal thing and I appreciate it. Thank you. I love you. You're great. Until next time, later gators. <laughs>